0: Welcome to the Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey, day by day, week by week. Each journal episode features my audio notes, recorded here and there over the weeks between my regular gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a journal and let you take a peek behind the GM screen. But be warned. There are spoilers aplenty for anyone who plays at any of my gaming sessions. GM's Journal is always released as a bonus episode. It's not released until the session I'm planning for has been played through. It's a pretty candid snapshot of my inner life as a gamer. So you have been warned. Game on. Okay, so I've not, since long ago, really, maybe an hour or so ago, I just finished editing the last GM's journal and here I am, first bit for the new one. Um, I've just received a box and a box set and it's basically the Black Hack 2nd edition and um, yeah, I'm just going to open it here. There's um, the box, looking off the lid, it's got that weird, you know, rocket kind of logo that I actually don't particularly like, but there we go. Ooh, there are packing chips inside the game box. Okay, I've got a Square Hex card. Uh, Peter Regan. Um, this dude, by the way, is awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this knows about Peter Regan and Square Hex, but I'm actually just going to do the reading of his card. Purveyors of the Black Hack, RBG, mapping papers and notebooks and other assaulting gaming curiosities. Peter Regan. The website is squarehex.co.uk. Um yeah, seriously good stuff. I use his maps and I use his paper a lot. Okay. Thanks Peter. The Black Hack second edition on Kickstarter. <laughs> Thank you to all our supporters. Okay, so yeah, I wasn't a Kickstarter guy. Um this one I won I kind of was gonna, but I didn't have the money at the time and I didn't really know what a black hack was well enough, so I basically passed up on it. And, uh, yeah, this little card just has the whole, um, uh, what do they call it, open gaming license stuff on the back of it. So, it's kind of cool. Um, and then if I just go through the packing chips, lift them to one side. There's a little bag of dice. Just get rid of the rest of the packing chips, putting them to one side. Um a little black hack silky bag, really. And uh, it's got the logo on, and then I'm just going to pull these out. I've got a full set of TD dice, they're probably about half the size of regular dice. Um, I'm not even going to try and guess the millimeters 8 mil, 10 mil, something like that. <laughs> okay, so the D6s have got black hack logos on the six face. Oh, drop one, always do that. There's D20s. So, what I've got, 1, 2, 3, D6, a D8, a D4, a D12, and the D100 die. One one and I want to draw was so the D10. Cool. Goes back. Okay. Next, I've got a single page, what looks like a carrot sheet basically, single one of them, which I guess I can photocopy or whatever. It um, looks very light, it's just like six stats, hit dice, attack damage, name and class, and a list sort bit for inventory. And then a map space at the bottom, which is typical Pete Regan. And then, oh, the book. It's a hardback book, it's about A5, and it's in plastic. I'm going to put that aside for a second, because I've just noticed there's a little booklet, Divine Prayers. So Oh man... It's about a, is it A6, A7, a quarter of an A5, there you go, um, A7, hmm. and it's got rules and cast of cleric prayers, and then it's got the, uh, all the, the prayers in there, first level, second level, third level, fourth level, fifth, sixth, yeah, all the way through, um, Back at space at the back for New Prayers and Scrolls as well. You can write your own in, which is just awesome. And then there's an Arcane Spells booklet. The same kind of thing. Tiny, tiny, tiny little reference book. That's such a cool idea. If I ever produce my own role-playing game, that's great. There's another booklet called the Black Hack Booklet. Um, Black Hack or Black Booklet? I don't know... What? Okay, so this is just like really small, I think it's the, looks like like, okay, rules for everyone, um, so it's like the core rules of the game, combat, leveling, rules for the players, you know, create a character. You got a warrior thief cleric wizard um, and also GM random encounters equipment and economy and an example of play on the inside back cover and it's nice it's um a5 it's like a thick card cover um, but soft back you know basically but quite thick cards nice Have more packing and chips and one pack and chips has inside of it been poked inside of it is a pencil, a black pencil, which is awesome. And I'm going to keep that in its chip. And then I've got a booklet which is just covered in little sketches of weirdy shit books and items and such. Oh, it's a oh my goodness, it's like a GM screen, it's like a little A5 GM screen, kind of, or a little reference thing, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, reference sheet awesome. And then there's a white, so that was black with white art. And this one's black, uh, white with black art. And there's a little booklet, oh, it's a little folder, a little character folder. And it's got more of those character sheets that um I was looking at, so I guess i better tuck that one, like extra one in. It's just an extra, I don't know if that's meant to be a bonus or not. It doesn't quite fit. Ah, that's why it's separated, it doesn't quite fit. Okay, so it's a little like card wallet with character sheets in, basically. Be printed very nice. Um, oh, I thought that was an extra thing. Oh, it is an extra thing. Was that the bottom box? If I shake it, there's some separate sheets. So, there's a, a piece of uh, it's slightly large, kind of dash size. The box itself fits the bottom of the box basically. And there's a sheet white paper with, oh, on it, and it's sort of like what's on the corpse drop 1d6. For each dice so to So basically it's put in the bottom of the box and uses the drop thing. On the back of it, there's various images, which I don't entirely understand, which is kinda cool. Um I think there might be like a random hit location thing or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, and then there's a yeah there's, oh no, there's damage location drop table. Okay. Drop um, die onto this page, okay, and then there's a treasure hoard drop die thing as well, okay, I'm never too sure about drop die box things, but okay, cool, um, this is all new to me, it's completely weird. Okay, all right. so putting stuff back in the box, okay, so I'm back now to the wrapped hardback black hack book, which is in cellophane. Take out, oh my goodness, it's got a dust jacket on it. It's a hardback book in A5, and it's got a dust jacket on it with the logo on, and it looks awesome. And underneath the dust jacket is the full artwork I was talking about the black card with the white art on. It's kind of lovely, actually. Vampire, first thing I open, it's flipping vampire. Um, All right, so it's the rules. And, yeah, so, okay, so it's the rules for everybody. And then that's in the other booklet. It's kind of reprinted and all here. This is obviously the main rule book. And then there's a load of extended sections. Okay, so you've got equipment and economy, hirelings, panic, diseases, narcotics and poisons, finding new spells... Quick reference tools. Okay, a whole load of tables, basically. Oh, that's what Matt was on about, isn't it? All these tables at the back. NPC stuff, and... And the pots on the corpse thing. Put in the book. Hex, hex Terrain Generator, Hex Terrain Feature Generator. Wow! Example Hex Map, and then a blank Hex Map. She could, I suppose, print off or photocopy. I don't want photocopy anymore. I do it at school for schooly things. <laughs> Settlement generator. Oh, wow. It's a drop table map. Um, sample table. Oh, sorry, this must be really boring to listen to. <laughs> Me just flipping through the pages. Um, oh, rival hero generator. And that weird table thing I was looking at, I didn't understand, with pictures of people's faces on. Underworld adventure stuff dungeon generate stuff oh wow it's quite detailed but none of these tables are huge they're all like d12 I think or yeah mostly d12 tables but they they look interesting some blank tombs <clears throat> cool blank dungeon random map maker it's <laughs> like a sort of d66 table to get shapes and stuff like that. Every monster oh, okay, so monster maker thing. Oh that's so like traveler esque. Takes me back. <laughs> and then we've got stuff on the various monsters and such things. Dragons and elementals and yeah, giant kind and all sorts. And that's where I earlier saw the vampire, no doubt. Cool. And then a weird monster generator at the back, and magic items and treasure stuff at the back. And another sample that I've done, actually written out in full. It's cool. And an appendix. Wow, what a book. like it. Um, I think I got rid of the plastic heat that it was in, but I'm going to put the book reverentially in the box. Okay. Those go underneath that, that goes there, the pencil goes there, and that basically acts as a spacer, which is quite nice. It's not moving about too much. I'm going to put one chip at the top to stop the book moving around too much. Count sheets, dice, cards, box lid, and I guess put the chips back inside because you know. Wow, that's nice. Nice product, dude. Hugh Egan. He a man. It's all your fault, Matt Jackson. <laughs> Game on. Hey, it's um, 4.54am Sunday morning. It's not unusual for me to be up at this time, by the way. Um, last night, Deb watched... Uh, a cool film and I went to bed and listened to a couple of podcast episodes and then I actually cracked open the Traveller starter set the Mongoose Traveller second edition starter set and um, started reading the book one, Characters in Combat all the feelings that I have about Traveller came rushing back it really is cool But there's one thing I'm always telling the students about this problem that when you become familiar with a book, it's possible to develop the illusion that you know the book. And I think it's like that with rules. I think we can become so familiar with a rule book or with a game that we forget there is a difference between familiarity and knowing where things are and kind of knowing all the art and all the things that go with the game and actually understanding it and truly experiencing it. And so today I've got up early. Um actually it's no earlier than normal for me, but I've got up early just to reread it and start playing I guess. Solo. Okay, so Sunday afternoon, I've just been um, enjoying a little bit of solo travel this morning, actually. I created a character for the game I'd like to play. Um, I'm thinking about doing the Great Rift uh, stuff, that exploration game, and basically I sat down with the the starter set and just rolled up a character. It's been kind of fun. As is my way at the moment, I I solo recorded that, solo play, and... um, what I did is I stuck it up onto the Patreon actually, so it's completely free and open to anybody who hits that lot, that uh, link. Um, so it's not behind a paywall, and I feel good about that. Um, but I also think it means that my solo stuff isn't necessarily going to be clogging up the, uh, you know, the sort of main roleplay rescue feed. So if you're interested in my solo plays, you know, just pop off across to the Patreon. And you should find those posts publicly available and open to listen to. And you can listen to them on your phone or you can listen to them on your computer or whatever. Right, Um, I'm going to go and read now, I think. Um, I'm going to get my head around how the game plays. And I also just want to start reading the Great Rift stuff and planning my game. Sounds good to me. Hey, good, so I just got home from work. It's Monday evening. I've just got to prep for the game. I'm up in the the uh, hobby room slash uh, rat room. Basically, it's a small room in the house where the rat cage is. Hi there, Swanson. Um, and there's a desktop computer, which I occasionally use for playing Fantasy Grounds. And then in the corner is the world's biggest stack of um, role-playing games. There's gonna be one, two, three, four, five, six stacks. From floor to about my shoulder height, and I'm six foot one, of game books. And then the shelves behind that, some of which you can't see because they're buried. Um, And on top of that is all loads of tabletop miniature stuff. That's over from my GW days and I've never sorted out. Figure cases up against the window. You can't even open the curtain properly. There's so much crap in here, basically. Um, But that's where I keep my stuff. And I just need to get ready for tomorrow night's game. And I want to kind of demonstrate how, having already done and designed the area of the dungeon that the kids are in um, tomorrow night um, how quick and easy this is to get ready so the first thing is grabbing my dice bag shoving it in my bag um, grabbing the castles and crusades players handbook putting that in my bag um, and then grabbing my um, castles and crusades gm screen putting that in my bag and then I grab the big Mr. Meir folder of doom, which if you follow me on MeWe, um, and even on the Facebook page in the past, you probably have seen me post a uh, big black binder with Mr. Meir, game master's notes on the front. And then there's just some quick things that I need to do. So I can kind of do this on my feet. So first thing I'm doing is I'm flipping forward to the folder in which I keep the character sheets, taking them out of the binder. And um, I'm just gonna flip to the page where I have, um, the Lazy GM's checklist in hand. And I'm basically gonna do the five minute checklist because I don't think I need to do a lot more. Um, So Lazy GM's five minute preparation. So create a strong start. I kind of know how the game's gonna start. Um, Oh bless him, Swanson is now eating um, very loudly while I'm talking. Let me bring the mic closer. That's the sound of a rat chomping on um, something nice and crunchy in the cage. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, it's quite a strong start. I know what the start of the adventure is. It's basically they left a situation where they're about to get engaged with um, some winged creatures. They don't know what they are. They're, they're, they're winged carbolds. Um But they, they don't know what they are, and they've been fighting some of them, and they're going to be in a massive engagement. My well, strong start's are basically going to be a big fight. Uh, it's interesting because they've come down a stairway, they're in the middle um, of a, a chamber, in a tower, between two barrack chambers, one to the north, one to the south. They're about to go into the north, and they're going to get hit with a total of 12 of these creatures. Um, now, it could be anything up to nine players tomorrow night, so um, it could be relatively straightforward for them. Nine first-level heroes against 12 kobold, flying kobolds with basically kobold stats and wings inside is not much of a difficulty if they were outside the kobolds would be able to keep out of range and their lack of range weapons would be a problem but there we go um, but last I mean session with like last session I was ill so the session before there were five of them there and this could be more challenging so going to be interesting to see how they deal with it. Step two is to basically define secrets and and clues and I kind of did that last time out I've got ten secrets and clues um, that are kind of present and I don't really need to do anything with those so that's fine and then finally it's kind of developed fantastic locations already done because basically the prep is uh you know I've already done this area of the dungeon and it's pretty fantastical actually it's kind of cool pretty big scale um actually that's five minute prep done Thing is, I'm going to quickly do is actually from the Lazy DMS checklist, before we get into those, there's one extra step, which is to sort of review the characters. And I thought it might be nice just to run through the character sheets with you and share those. So on top here, I've got Eragon, who's an assassin, a human assassin, level one. Um, He's cool. And kind of just looking over it, he's got a composite bow and a scythe, and, um, you know, generally speaking, is a more rounded one of the characters. I've got Lad, who's the human bard, uh, battle axe and short bow, um, and and that's kind of cool. I've got Valkyrie, the assassin. She's an elven assassin. Um, And once again, you can kind of hear the... um, She's got a short bow, um, a whip, and a dagger, so that's kind of cool. Um, then there's Link the Ninth. <laughs> there's a story behind that. Link the Ninth, who is a half-elf druid. Um, the let girl who plays Link has lost Link eight times over. She lost her like five times playing BX, uh, five or six times playing BX, and at least two or three times playing and Crusades. Are they... This character has lasted the longest, gone about three sessions. So, we're up to a stunning total of 32 XP. Um, <laughs> and, again, trying to play a druid, which is kind of cool. Um, the girls played this has been through, like, being a fighter and a knight and all sorts of different stuff, and eventually sort of settled on a druid. And I've got Harin, the wizard, a half-elf... Sorry, a half-orc wizard, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um longsword, heavy crossbow and dagger. You can see how they've been learning about making sure they've got ranged weapons. And there's Parzival, the, the ranger, half-elf ranger. Uh, again, Parzival has had a few incarnations over time. The game the guy playing him has, has played him in May. I think this is probably the third or fourth incarnation. Um, and then we've got Sam, the human cleric, um, played by a relatively new player. Um, kind of... Uh, playing with a deity, I think he went with a kind of Apollo-type god. Um, and there's Dahlia, the human rogue, who been played by um, the girl who, if you remember way back, she's the girl who forgot to buy a weapon and was killing gnolls with a sack with her original character. Um, Dahlia is probably about her sixth or seventh or maybe even eighth character, but doing well from um, a few sessions. And then there's Volondmir, the half elf ranger. Um, he's probably the hardest in the group with eight hit points. Um, but who hasn't played very much. Uh, the guy who plays him hasn't been along very often. And um not much XP. Not that his masses, to be fair. Um, and then I've got Crossblade, the human assassin. Um, game played by a character who can be a wee bit flaky, comes sometimes. Um, and that's it, guys. That's the the characters. So um, all the sheets I've got so I just wanted to share those and I think it's nice for me to just review them and think about them um I'm kind of quite familiar with what the party can and can't do anyway um it's amazing actually after three or four sessions how you quickly learn the names of characters anyway putting that back in the binder closing the binder I think I'm prepped I think I'm ready and actually honestly it's that simple as long as you've like built your dump dungeon so how long has that taken Crikey, Uh, seven minutes, something like that. Not bad, eh? So, such a good session at the school tonight. Really good fun. Just literally finished playing and they just left the room. Wow, what an intense thing. It was basically, um, we started with uh, uh, flying kobolds in the building, ambushing the party. Um, The party didn't even consider that there might be more of the creatures behind them in the room behind, so they got to take the outflanked. Um, although the party managed to kill 13 of the 16 creatures that were down there, um, they were all overwhelmed and knocked unconscious. So then they were debating, oh, are we going to be stabbed or are we going to be taken prisoner? I decided to take them prisoner because it was more fun. I took them up to the top of the tower. They were all bound, um, whilst some of the co- um, uh, wind kobolds guys decided to um, what to do, really, or get them ready for... My in my head, it's ready for a sacrifice, but they didn't know that. And uh, they got the fire going, ready to sort of toast them one by one and sacrifice them to the gods. They healed them up, got them tied presentable for the worship festival to come. And there were three kobolds at the top. And it's a really cool scene where one by one, the guys came around and I had them kind of tell me how to get free of their bonds and really the star of the show was Dahlia, the rogue, who managed to get, came around first, who managed to get free of her bonds, um, helped two of her friends get free, then grabbed a dagger out of her boot and a razor, which she kind of keeps from um, inside, her, um, inside her tunic, and basically came and snuck up behind the arguing winged kobolds and basically got the back attack in and took one down, surprised them the other guys came to their feet swarmed and very quickly overwhelmed the uh, crew up there and then the guys realising they were in such a bad state and realising there was only a, maybe a few maybe an hour or two until the gates was due to be opened again they decided to wait escape through the gate and return to Zora store. that was it but it was a lot of fun the combat was intense the pace was high and fast and several guys missed their turn because they were dithering um And, you know, that was just part of it all, really. But I also invited them to describe how they killed their foes. And as it started a little ridiculous, with one or two of the boys being a bit over the top and silly, trying to do things that would take hours, (laughs) instead of describing a strike, we pretty much got them to that point by the end of the session. And that was really good. So, really enjoyable session. I'm shattered. I'm really tired. And I'm not sure what they're going to want to do next time. I guess they're going to come back and have another go. But, you know what? It was a good, fun session tonight. Game on. Alright, so it's Thursday night, I'm just home from work and I've just changed my suit and i am sat down. And although there's no game tomorrow night because it's the off week, um, I am looking forward to tomorrow night. I'm supposed to be going to uh, Luderati in Nottingham to take part in an escape room room event um, with some colleagues from work. Uh, And also maybe play some board games or something down there. And I've never been to Luderati, which is a kind of gaming cafe in Nottingham. Um, pretty famous in lots of ways uh, I know lots of people are uh, the great and the good have been there and uh, I've never been so I'm looking forward to that tomorrow and then on Saturday it's Clarantha Games 2019 I've got my games in uh, and the, yeah, it's kind of cool um, I'm going to be playing in the Gringles Pawn Shop game by the looks of it, uh, it looks like my first session is with Gringles Pawn Shop, that's like the first adventure of of RuneQuest second edition I ever played and it looks like it's going to be the first game of Ringquest Garantha that I ever play so that's kind of cool and I'm on in the afternoon I'm on a game I can't remember what it's called but I'm on with Pookie you um, uh, know Matthew Pook who's the great um, uh, reviewer really and the irony is and you know, we sit across the table from the GM you know and uh, this is a guy who reviews the modules I wrote and was mildly flattering Um <laughs> Uh, So it's going to be a weird experience. Anyway, random thought, because I've been this Traveller thing has been bubbling around my head all week, and um, I don't know, it's starting to occur to me that uh, I kind of have everything I need to build a good sci-fi game, and I'm just in the... Do I do want to do this with Traveller 2nd Edition? I've just spent a fortune on it, so I ought to. But there's a Palmy, there's this Palmy that wants to take the Cephas rules, and... um, sort of build my own subversion of, that's a good word, my subversion of Traveller, um, and put in all the game uh, structure stuff that I've been talking about. So I don't know, I'm, I'm in two minds. I think I'm just going to probably play a straight up game, but there's this niggly part of me that kind of wants to write and create and uh, mash together my own thing. So, But I think that happens to me a lot. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that was a quick check in in the week. Not a lot happening, but a lot of things I'm looking forward to. Um, and it sounds like uh, Colin Spike Pit Green would like me to somehow, you know, do an episode or report from Glantha Games. the The good news is I'm planning on taking the mic and the and the, the mobile with me. And I was going to at least do some GM journal entries through the day um and you know there's a part of me that really wants to sort of hope i can get the odd interview even if it's a short interview with people and talk to some people but we'll see how that goes i really don't want to spoil everyone's day by trying to be a you know uh attention seeking so um we'll just see how it goes i guess at the very least i'll try and report afterwards but um we'll see okay onward It's Friday night. I'm just back from Luderati. Been out all night with some colleagues from work really. Um, It's really a trade union do really. I'm a member of the NASUWT trade union for teachers in the UK and uh, we just had a bit of a a night out. It's probably about 10 maybe or so people coming out to the the thing tonight. A couple of groups. Um, And we did, the locked room was a a locked room Sherlock Holmes kind of mystery. We had to Solve the murder of two lions in London, and um, it was an hour deadline, and basically uh, the other group did really, really well. (laughs) My group, not so good. It was hard. It was really, really hard, but good fun. Best bit of the evening, as far as I'm concerned, just playing some board games. And we played a game called Camel Up, which was okay. A camel racing game. Kind of a bit weird, but fun. Um, And my favourite game was The Chameleon, um, which is a really, really good, fun, very quick game, which we were really getting into. Uh, So yeah, good time. Luderati is quite nice. If you've not been to Nottingham, Luderati, uh, well worth sort of sticking your head in. Food's good. Nice beers as well. Um, What I loved was seeing sort of dads and their kids out gaming and various groups, family groups and middle, you know, all sorts of age groups there um, around different tables playing different games, mostly board games. And it was good. And um, if there's one thing I realise, it's just how, you know, being a role player is still very fringe um, in that community. But, you know, it was good fun. So I'm about to go to bed because I've got to be up at the crack of dawn, about 6 o'clock again in the morning, up and out on a train to go to Brum, Birmingham, uh, to take part in Glorantha Games 2019, which I'm looking forward to doing. So, without any further ado, I'm going to get to bed, basically. Um, yeah, good time out. Good fun. That's it for another GM's Journal episode. As always, please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response. My goal is to create a community of discovery about role playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master come and join the conversation in the meantime all that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table my name is che webster and this has been a roleplay rescue gm's journal episode see you again on the flip side game on